0: Talkzone.com
2: And we are about 36 hours away from the start of the college football season, folks. Already got Northern uh, Illinois taking on Iowa State on my hopeful viewing list tomorrow. I'm assuming that game's going to be on TV. Yes, indeed. College football tips off. We got the, the final exhibition games for the NFL. We got a baseball team here in the city of Chicago still with a chance of making the American League playoffs. We'll talk all that and more. Barack Obama. Makes his big speech to the nation. We'll get off the uh, sports page and do a little sports guys talk politics as well. And David Olson, our producer, I don't know if we have a uh, weather guy. we got a lot of guys in this place. I don't know if we have a weather guy, but if we do have a weather guy, we need our weather guy to check in with the East Coast weather guy because Hurricane Earl is coming to the coast. Labor Day weekend, not going to be so good for those vacationing on the coast. We'll talk Hurricane Earl in all other uh, natural disasters, speaking of natural disasters, <laughs> what better it's time tremendous. to welcome in my uh, partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. You've been called a lot worse things, Joel, have you not, than natural disaster?
3: Uh, I don't know if I have, to be quite honest. With Come on. You. Because, uh, when, you can, when you consider the, the ramifications, maybe not.
0: <laughs>
3: but I have been called plenty of bad things, And uh, but to be honest with you, if a... If, uh, hurricane is named earl wouldn't it be a himicane
2: it's interesting i like that i like that that should be a himicane because uh well i once dated a girl named earl so you know it could go both ways
3: well it was an accident on me i didn't really know his name was earl at
0: uh-huh. the
2: time. oh so you dated an earl too
3: yeah but i i didn't know it was a him or an earl interesting Two I, guy- mean, I wouldn't mind dating an Earl if it was like
2: a title. <laughs> like the Earl of Winchester. Or something uh, I'm, like that, I'm right? about to hurl with all this talk of Earl. Two guys in a mic and two guys that went out with a girl named Earl. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, Hurricane or Himacane? Weather forecaster David Olson, also our producer, by the way. Yes, David. Well, I just wanted
1: to clarify is that, uh, hurricanes all had female names up until 1979.
2: Ah, what happened in 1979?
1: Uh, well, they started alternating them with male names. So, okay. um, hurricanes will go male name, female name, male name, okay. female name. So. All right. I, and there's
3: I, only normally and typically, I don't know how they do it, but typically I, the female hurricanes since 79 have done much more damage than male because Andrew was really the only bad male hurricane.
2: Or hurricane, as the case
3: oh, yeah, may be.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah. But big dog, we got a, a hurricane coming to the East Coast. Very, very, uh, potentially dangerous situation. We uh, certainly have a lot of listeners out there. We wish them, uh, nothing but uh, the best of luck and safety and, uh, get out of Dodge. I guess that's if, if you're one of those towns, don't stick around and see what's going to happen, but uh, vacate and vacate immediately. But, again, our weather forecaster will be down there reporting for us.
3: Actually, Dodge City, Kansas, would probably be a safe place to be for that hurricane, Coach.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Packed in the nice smack in the middle of the beautiful Midwest. Big dog, great to, great to have you on the show today, my friend. Uh, 36 hours to the start of football. The official start. We had a little high school football last weekend. That was nice to get a taste of that. By the way, I did view your interviews on mymvps.com.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Nicely done. Very nice today. You, you did Coach. an excellent job.
3: Thank you, Coach. Yeah, uh, it, it, I, I know. It, I I love my MVPs.com is the best way for me to get it done. Of mm-hmm. m- 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 best way for me to tell you about it. Those kids out Wheaton North were pretty rabid, weren't they?
2: I like the uh, freshman from the opposing team, Addison Trail, who refused to back down under the microphone and the large body of a Joel Redwanski.
3: Uh, I appreciated that. I I was uh, I was I was trying to get them a little fired up. Wouldn't you agree, Coach? Hmm. I I don't have the typical interview style that most other people with cameras and microphones do. Well that's that's why I like it. Polish. Yeah. I, I, I really try to get people emotional when I'm on the when I have the microphone in my mm-hmm. head.
0: Well, a
2: couple of things come across and again, uh, we'll talk some college football, high school football in the Chicago area, opening up last weekend brand new website which will feature some of those games and feature really Youth athletics, high school athletics, all kinds of amateur sports. Check it out; it's easy to sign up. If I can do it, anybody can do it on the computer. Www. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. My MVPs. Don't forget the uh, plural. m v p s Dot com. But uh, the two things. Now, if I could boost you up a little bit, I first I call you a, a hurricane and a natural disaster. Now I'm going to build you back up. That's what I do here on the radio, Big Dog.
3: One. Well, that, that's what happens after a hurricane
2: or a hurricane. Yeah. I'm all stuck on the Hemakan thing now. But one, you're 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 a regular guy doing the interviews. You're not too polished, which I like. We're tired of the you know the overly polished. You you you. Yeah, it's the best way I can put it. You're just a regular guy, natural guy out there doing the interview. It's a refreshing change, and I mean that in all honesty slash earnesty. And then two, your love of the game. You're not just one of those reporters. Ah, you know I got to do high school sports. Uh, kind of a it's a job, but I'll do it you can tell you have a natural passion for the kids and the game both those things come across on the screen my friend
3: i i really appreciate that coach cuz i got to tell you something i cannot go to a high school football game or a college football game without wanting to be out there i'm not kidding you so like, I, would, I'll, I tell these kids, I was like, you better appreciate, like, when I got off the air with all these, all of them, I was like, you better yep. appreciate this time that you have to get to run into other human beings at full speed, because <laughs> I will be more than happy to steal your equipment and play for you tomorrow,
0: mm-hmm. okay? Yep. So,
3: re- legitimately, I and I appreciated when I was playing. When I got to play football at Donald's Globe North, I would remember, I would walk out on the field, I'd be like, how many more times in my life am I going to get to do this? So I better play my blankety-blank butt off today. Mm-hmm. Legitimately, Coach, so, uh, you know, it's One of the few things I got right was actually appreciating the time that I got to play high school. And
2: that's such a hard message to get to the young kids out there because they, you know, they just got so many things going on through their mind as that testosterone. Well, the only
3: thing I cared about at that time was football. I cared more about football than girls. That's my homecoming date in my senior year.
2: (laughs) But enjoy the time. It's, It's very, very fleeting. Is it not? Four years if you're lucky. To be at a high school sports team, very few of us lucky to to play in college. So, you know, you complain about playing time. You can complain about the coaches, your teammates and stuff. But don't complain too much. Treasure the times. Enjoy the times because it's fleeting, fleeting moments. And I'll add this to it. It sounds cliche, but I think it's very, very true. You know, winning, that's the object of it. But don't get too caught up in the winning or the losing, especially if you happen to be on a losing team because – a year later, three years later, five years later, ten years later, the wins and the losses diminish, and what you're going to remember is the time you spent with your teammates and coaches, the chemistry, the good times, the team togetherness, etc.
3: You know, no, no, that, that, that's an excellent point. Unless, unless you lose the way we lost our homecoming game
2: my <laughs> senior year. <laughs> was that okay. before or after the homecoming dance?
3: No, no, it was, it was before. Okay. And uh, basically, what happened was I came around. <laughs> We gave the ball back on our own uh on their thirty one coach. We had four seconds left in the game, and we should have tried for a first down, but instead we didn't want to fumble the ball or whatever.
2: Four seconds left. Your team is leading.
3: Uh we go with uh, eight guys in coverage, three rushing the quarterback. I'm on the left side, I come flying around Bert Bryant, who played quarterback at Louisville, drops back, I come flying in, knock the ball out of his hands, don't realize the ball's on the ground. Final play of
2: the game. Yes. Yeah. Is your homecoming date in the stands as this play is unfolding?
3: And she's uh, listening on these particular airwaves right now. Come on. Okay. So,
2: yeah. What are you talking about? Your homecoming date that back then is listening at this show now? Big fan. Big fan, Coach. It's unbelievable. Yeah, big fan. 888 463 If your homecoming date wants to call in, we'll get her right in the air. Uh
3: well, the ball is laying on the ground. Okay,
2: your date you was laying it. on the ground.
3: Our team uh, runs out on the field because this basically means we've won the conference championship. We're playing against a, a very good Glenbard West team. Okay, uh, there's a pile up. Everybody's celebrating. Glenbard West starts walking on the field to shake hands after the game, mm-hmm. and about two minutes later, next thing I know, Glenbard West is won. And what had happened was, uh, of the five referees that were on the field at the time, one of them. Told Kevin Zhang, who played football at Eastern Illinois, so still so live. Go back there and pick it up. So Kevin, you, you can see it on the film. We're celebrating, having a good time. Our coaches hugging people. People and so next thing you know, Kevin Zhang walks through our little group. Okay, bends down, picks the football of one of our little group, and then sprints the whole entire way to the end zone for a touchdown. So he, they, he
2: he's sprinting the end zone while you guys are celebrating the victory.
3: Two minutes after. That's- but
2: their team is on
3: the field shaking our hands, coach. I've seen we're some in, in the lineup, okay? That's how we lost our homecoming game my senior year.
2: I've seen some unbelievable finishes in in sports, not just football. That scenario might be uh, that's equivalent to the college version of California Stanford, maybe it's even ten more times amazing.
3: worse. It's ten times worse. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, the, my homecoming date's dad knew the officials. Okay. Uh-oh. Of the five officials that were there, four of them said that play should not count Glenbard west is on the field so they're technically they were illegal you know it uh, donner north had their coaches staff the band on the field everybody well the head coach i mean the head coach the head referee was from glen ellen was like i can't go home and have them lose this game
2: mm-hmm.
3: wow so uh, I, I there you go coach wow so yes every once in a while Every once in a while, there is uh, there's definitely a game that you can't forget. But I couldn't agree more. Just, I treasure the most of the things that I talk about the most, things I remember the most, is actually the time spent with my, my football friends. And all those guys are still my best friends.
2: Clearly a painful, painful memory for you. You can still see a few sensitive nerves that have not been uh, sewed up, shall we say, over the years. But, boy, is there any chance that play available via the YouTube so that was 1989, Coach. I doubt
3: it. That was before the internet. That was before okay. Al Gore invented it.
2: All right, so we can't see that play unless we go to uh, head coach Pete Ventrilli's house. I'm sure he still has it on game film. I doubt he
3: does. I, I, I'll bet you Jim Culver to Glenbard West still has that. Uh, <laughs> has it somewhere? But the problem is the people from Glenbard West. I talked to one of the guys from there because one of those guys was by the name of Paul Parpet. Uh-huh. Paul Parpet happened to be. The head coach of Addison Trail, who I covered the game for my MVP wow. for on that's
2: unbelievable. Wait, wait a minute, and he was the, he was the head coach for Glenbard West at the time. No, no, no,
3: no, no, no. He's the head coach of Addison Trail. Oh, and he now, was a,
2: he was a player. He was the free safety for Glenbard West so at the time? Y- so you came up and introduced yourself. We're
3: friends. You gotta understand. Oh. He played football at Elmer's College, where my best friend Rick okay. Heckman played at okay. Elmer's College. Wow! So I know him, and he to this day he was like, "Oh, you got robbed." He's like, "I was like, and I've asked him, "I was like, you have it on film because we don't have Zane going into the end zone on film. We just have you just see him in the screen for a little bit and then out of the screen." And He's like, uh-huh. "Oh, we turned that that film off." As soon as you <laughs> sacked
2: the quarterback, we shut the film off. We have no idea what happened. No tape to be found. And you had the quarterback sack at the last play. You would have been the hero of the game. Was the homecoming dance that night? Did you still pull off the date, or did you cancel all uh, social it was, festivities? It was
3: a Friday night game, so it was the Saturday dance. And like I said, football meant a lot more to me than women. I couldn't. There was nothing I could do the next day. It was the best way for me to. I was uh, impotent. It was the best way for me to say there was nothing. I didn't want to be near a woman mm-hmm. the next day.
2: Remember, when using potent, you got the dressing potent. So I hope you at least look good. Oh, I did look good. Yeah. <laughs> Great story. <laughs> Compelling and rich. Oh, goodness. 888-463-6748. By the way, on the screen, I said there were two things I noticed. One was, uh, as I said, you know, you're know, you a regular guy out there, and I appreciate that. Two, your passion for the game. The third thing I noticed, though, Big dung, is a slight pimple right on your upper right cheek if you could uh get the wardrobe oh, person makeup person to work on that you might be a little more photogenic
3: absolutely not absolutely not i didn't have a pimple on there on friday right, babe, uh, i babe. take very good care of myself i eat a lot of fish a lot of vegetables <laughs> <laughs> exercise regularly, I watch my face. No way. It
2: didn't happen. Oh, goodness. All right, enough of that nonsense. 36 hours, actually, since we've been jabbering away. 34 hours and 30 minutes to the opening of college football. Big Dog, Northern uh, Illinois taking on Iowa State. They got a few decent matches yesterday. Uh, tomorrow, I should say. More important, college football off and running. Tomorrow, your excitement level on a scale of one to two.
3: That would be, well, it'd definitely be a two on okay. that particular. And I wanted to keep it game. simple for you. <laughs> you, you do realize I'm good with numbers. Okay, you No, know, really, Coach, I mean, it's, yep. and I don't care if the Bears are playing. I would much rather watch Middle Tennessee State take on Lafayette than I would watch uh, a preseason NFL game. About, I mean, honestly, I don't care how what my excitement level is about the Chicago Bears. Preseason football is absolutely atrocious.
2: How about 5.30 tomorrow, Presbyterian taking on Wake Forest out of the ACC? Why is
3: Presbyterian playing Wake Forest, Coach? Are you serious? Is that well, really a game tomorrow?
2: Before we get to the why, I need to answer the who. Who is Presbyterian?
3: Well, I know a couple Presbyterians, and trust me, they're not going to look good in skirts playing against <laughs> the Deacon, the Demon Deacon. I didn't of mean.
2: I didn't mean literally. Who was Presbyterian? Uh, pigskin boy. I meant. Uh, I never heard of this university, Presbyterian the, University.
3: I have, and I don't even think it's. I don't even think it's uh, FCS coach, which is the football championship subdivision. I, I, mm-hmm. I think they're Division Two. Why is why is the, they should not be playing Wake Forest? That's ridiculous, Wake Forest.
2: What what would happen, you think, if I applied to Presbyterian? Could a cone get into a Presbyterian university? Is it open to all religious denominations?
3: It all depends on the endowment, coach. Well, trust me. I can get in the North Shore Country Day as a 38-year-old Catholic if I had enough money.
2: (laughs) It's all about the endowment, huh?
3: Yes, it is. Absolutely. Uh, uh, they, they might be naming the football field after me. Of course, they don't have a football field, but heck, if I gave them enough money, they might start a program just for me. So maybe <laughs> I can get those four years of high school football back.
2: All right. Well, I have no idea why Wake Forest is playing them, but I'm rooting for Presbyterian. You got to root for the underdog. They're taking a quantum leap up, playing a legitimate Division One team. Uh, Southern Illinois taking on Quincy. You got uh, Southern Miss at South Carolina. That's um. That's our good friend Steve Spurrier's Ball Club Southern. Missed pretty good team. That might be the best matchup maybe on uh, tomorrow's slate. I
3: would have to say either that or Northern Illinois, Iowa State.
2: Yeah, it's pretty good.
3: Yeah, definitely. Southern Illinois playing Quincy. Now, we played Quincy every single year when I was at McMurray, and for four consecutive years, we led by at least ten points in the fourth quarter, and for four consecutive years, we lost every game.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm not kidding you. So let's we'll just hear in the, my sophomore year, we played Quincy and we turned the ball over four times in the fourth quarter. We were up thirty-one to seven and lost, and lost thirty-five to thirty-one.
2: Well, last time I checked, Quincy not in the uh, top twenty rankings. They might be though if they keep uh, listening to stories such as yours, they might get motivated. But uh, there is a little bit of an interesting story. I guess the number one ranked team, Alabama, and you're going to tell us. I believe that you don't think there's. Should be ranked number one because of so many new defensive players, but their running back, the Heisman Trophy returnee Mark Ingram, not going to play in the opening Saturday, so that's a little bit interesting. Well, uh, yeah,
3: their their backup, Tret Richards is incredible. Okay. And San Jose State should pose no problem. And
2: you know, as much as I, I
3: thought, you know, Alabama is going to have a very—I can't believe that they're just such a consensus number one. But yeah, Nick Saban's the best coach in America, but he, he lost way too much, coach.
2: All you have to do is ask Nick Saban, by the way. Well, no, we're... no,
3: he's a good guy. I don't know why he gets so much uh, harassment. I like him.
2: Okay. We've been promoting uh, the theory of ABBA. At least I have been on this show, ABBA, for this year's college football season. Anyone but Alabama. If somebody does overtake the uh, Crimson Tide, Big Dog, you've done some studying up on college football. Um, Ohio State, uh, Tennessee, uh, Boise State. Do you have Did a team? You say that... Tennessee? Tennessee won't win four football games. Really? Do you know who their head coach is, Coach? Well, it's not Phil Fulmer anymore, and I know it's not. um, Who's the dude at USC now? Lane Kiffin? So we've eliminated those two.
3: It's uh, David Dooley, Vince Dooley's son. Oy.
2: Remember we were talking about boring bear quarterbacks yesterday? Uh, Boring, unmotivated, not unmotivated, boring and uncharismatic bear head coaches? Uninspired. Yeah, uninspired. I mean, nice guys, but just you know, they shouldn't be coaching the, one of the great franchises in all the sport. Neil Armstrong, Jack Pardee, Dick Jerron, Lovey Smith. These guys are flattered in the Queen of Hearts. I forgot Vince Dooley was another one of those who had the I person. I forgot also. Huh?
3: I forgot also.
2: Yes. All right, so it's Vince Dooley's son coaching Tennessee. Yeah, and uh,
3: yeah, they're not very good. So okay. If we're talking about out of the SEC,
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, Florida has a real good chance of winning that conference, and don't forget about Auburn because they're really, really good, and they should be all right. But if you're talking nationally, Ohio State is very good coach. Nobody in the Pac-10 is going to be able to win it because they're going to have way too many losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Oklahoma returns everybody besides Sam Bradford, and even though they're losing Bradford – they got a kid last year that that played a bunch of football games in Landry Jones. So Oklahoma looks really, really good, coach. So mm-hmm. uh, my prediction is uh, is Oklahoma to win the national title over Ohio State this year.
2: Wow, there it is, Oklahoma at Ohio State. Uh, we might as well skip the next thirteen weeks. Let's go to that championship right, right now. That gets my my mouth uh, watering just thinking about that potential matchup. Very, if very. You do you good...
3: believe I picked Alabama last year? If you remember,
2: I don't remember. Because Alabama okay, picked, last year was what a preseason like number four or five. Uh, yeah, they were around eight. I picked them last
3: year to to win it all. I had uh, the year before that I was wrong because I just won't pick Florida, but I did pick LSU the year before that. So mm-hmm. I, I've been I've been right, and I had Texas two years before that. So every other year I've been right.
2: Mm-hmm. What about here locally in the uh, in the Big Ten in the Midwest? Any uh, you got Ohio State up there, but who do you think uh, might contend with the Buckeyes? And is there a team that's uh, being highly talked about? That's going to be a disappointment, in your opinion.
3: No, I don't think I was going to be a disappointment. Okay. But Wisconsin is better than Iowa is the best way for me to tell you, Coach. I think Wisconsin's the second-best team in the Big Ten this year. Mm-hmm. And if you're an Illinois fan, here's one, I have one word for you. Duck.
0: <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. goodness. Yeah, I,
3: you know I'm a diehard. I bleed orange and blue, Coach. And this year they'll be. I might be bled thoroughly. I might be not have any blood left. I'm just disgusted with this football program right now.
0: Seriously. Well,
2: like we've said, you can always hope. Uh, you know, the past three years, expectations pretty high for the Fighting line, and they've been a major disappointment. This year, expectations right down at the basement level. Maybe, maybe they'll find a way to surprise. I know they got uh, what Nate Shellhouse? Brand-new quarterback?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got his name right, Coach. That's actually difficult to pronounce when you named it right. hmm So a little, little surprising. Yeah, you, you know what? And there's another thing that they have. They have two really, really quality running backs, Coach.
2: Lashore. They have,
3: they have a couple playmakers. Mikhail, Mikhail Lashore. Uh, yeah, Lashore and TJ Ford. Okay. okay so they, they've got a couple really good running backs. They've got a receiver, too. they got the. They got the, Terry Hawthorne from East St. Louis. So they've got a couple star players, guys that are going to be in the NFL, okay? Their issue is they don't have any defensive linemen, and that's where you win. And uh, it's quite simple. That you win with defensive linemen and offensive linemen, and they're not deep, nor are they shallow. They're, it's bad. So.
2: They have a Butkus Award candidate at the middle, linebacker who's and, cut like a statue. He can run four-something in the 40, he can lift... Unbelievable amount of weights. He looks unbelievable. The only problem is he's never in position and he can't tackle anybody.
3: Yeah, that, that is an issue. The fact that he doesn't play football very well is always yeah. an issue. But,
2: boy, does he look good.
3: He looks good in his uniform. Absolutely. Yes.
2: As, as Dick Vitale would say in basketball, first team all airport. First team, all-airport. All right, and Wisconsin team, I agree with you. I think they're going to be pretty tough. they got the big horses. Wisconsin's almost like, if you remember, what Nebraska used to be. By the way, we're talking a little college football, NFL football. We'll get to baseball in a second. But, folks, you want to check in on a little early college football talk here as the season starts tomorrow. Uh Dial it up with the coach and the big dog, 888-463-6748, the phone number. But Wisconsin is almost like nebraska Used to be big dog. Where they just retool that offensive line. They redshirt these guys as freshmen. They beef them up, feed them some cafeteria food. They lift them a little bit. They come out and they always and they
3: teach them good technique. Yes, yes. Don't forget about all the that too. That's always important.
2: Yeah, and their running back this year is the size of like Northwestern's offensive linemen. They got John Clay running the football. Their quarterback is back from last year, Scott uh, from Fremd High School, right here in uh, Palatine, Illinois. I'm forgetting his last name, Scott.
3: Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he is a local kid.
2: Yeah, pretty good quarterback, uh, you know, one of those guys who grew up in the system. So I agree with you. Wisconsin, if they get any kind of receiving, any kind of the speed in the receiving game, they could be a very dangerous team.
3: Yeah, and and then the issue that people might not realize is, even though I have picked Ohio State, and they are definitely the best team in the Big Ten, I mean, they've got, their defense is just, they've got 11 NFL players on their defense right now, Coach, and they've got, Skill players all over the place. They've got a quarterback who's a leader, and he's starting to learn how to take care of the football. And Terrell Pryor, yeah,
2: and they're two deep, uh, maybe even three deep. I mean, they're just loaded depth. If they get a couple of injuries, they're all locked, loaded, and ready to go. Won't won't set them back a bit.
3: Oh yeah, there's no team in the Big Ten that can withstand an injury like like o- Ohio State can.
0: Yep.
3: But uh, the only thing that they have going against them is they go to Iowa, Nile Kinnick Stadium, and they go to Camp Randall versus Wisconsin, which are the second and third best teams in the conference. I know a lot of people are saying Penn State. I like Penn State. I'm not sold on them defensively. They're going to be great offensively. They've got a, that stud running back in Clayton. Mm-hmm. But they don't even know who their quarterback is going into this, the, the the non-conference game.
2: Yeah, they got like three guys. Joe Paterno says that none of them have been good enough to earn the starting. We may mm-hmm. just switch up all three of them is what Joe Paz said.
3: Yeah, exactly. And you definitely don't want that. you got to figure out who your quarterback's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I know you don't agree with that, but it, I, I would like to know who the quarterback's going to be as if, if I'm playing on that particular offense. Yeah. So I, the two best teams that, that they'd have to that Ohio State has to be in the Big Ten, or, or they have to go on the road against. So uh, if they can survive those tests, they will be playing mm-hmm. in the national title game this year because they've, they've got all the hype. And uh, I just want to throw this out: Okay, if if Boise State beats Virginia Tech, and then they go undefeated the rest of the way, yep. Yeah. No one lost team should be ahead of them.
2: Well, I can't agree with you or disagree with you until I see the entire Boise State schedule and then also see how it plays out. So I would disagree with the, the definity of your statement. I think there's okay. exceptions to that.
3: Okay, I, I understand what you're saying, but you know what? I'm just sick of the little guy getting screwed up yes. you know, in, in college football is all I'm, I'm sick of. Yeah. You know, and. If they, but just I'm saying is Lee Corso says automatically, no matter what, you'd have to—they'd have to be a two-loss team in order for Boise State to pass them if
0: mm-hmm. they're undefeated.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I don't like Lee Corso saying that. As much as I like Lee Corso and respect him, I, I don't think yeah. he realizes how good Boise State really is this year. So
0: I
2: think with Boise State, what you're saying is it's almost the equivalent of um, of like a career achievement award. In Hollywood, or you know, maybe to a Hall of Famer or something like that. What I'm talking about, no, is no, no, Boise... I'm not saying that at all. I,
3: I hope you don't think that's what I'm saying, Coach. I really think this particular Boise State team—they've mm-hmm. got 18 of their 22 starters back. They got players; they have NFL caliber players all over this team. Okay. If this team goes undefeated, they shouldn't be slighted just because they have a couple pansies on their schedule, okay. and they do. Right. Okay. So
2: irregardless to the fact they may have been slighted in previous years, you're saying this year's team can stand unto its own on sheer talent uh, and, and maybe the way they would dominate their opponents if they not only go 11-0 but win big against a lot of them?
3: Yeah, if they go 12-0, and if, uh, if especially if they if they take care of Virginia Tech and Washington, which is coming up a week from tomorrow.
0: <laughs> wow.
3: Blue yeah,
2: 42, red 17-17, split left, split left. Red and blue, hot, hot, hit, hot, hot, huh. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, I got a little upset. <sighs> yeah, we,
3: they, I I, so I, just hope they don't get screwed over. Now, and I will agree, if there's two BCS teams that are undefeated, mm-hmm. most likely they should be the ones to go. But like you said, you, you have to watch, see what happens by the end of the year. Maybe Boise State destroys Virginia Tech and absolutely tramples everybody that they they go mm-hmm. through and maybe... Oklahoma barely escapes a bunch of games, and they're really kind of a lucky thirteen and no team because they would have to win the, the Big Twelve at that point. I, I I don't know. I just I just uh, hope they don't get screwed over, coach. Good
2: to be talking football again. Good to be yeah. talking football. I need a little hope for this weekend, Big Dog. Opening weekend of the college football season. I've already got. Uh, Three must-see games, and I'm sure there's more than that. You know me, I tape the games and watch them. But Illinois, Missouri, i got to watch my Northwestern Wildcat as they take on the Vanderbilt Commodore. And uh, I want to watch Notre Dame and Brian Kelly take on Purdue. That might be the best game. But I also have to plan a birthday party, son's birthday party, over the weekend. So with all the TV games, um, you know, I could probably knock the birthday party down to about 20 minutes. But when should I schedule it with all the great games that are on TV? And I think i got to do it on Saturday.
3: Well, uh, I don't know the rest of your schedule, Coach, but don't forget there's no football on Sunday. So you can watch those games Saturday and Sunday. But I will tell you this. You just get better make sure you have September 11th off in this so you can sit in front of a television and watch. September
2: 11th, the, the day before the Bears open up what could be a historic season. What's September 11th?
3: September 11th may be the greatest college football weekend i have ever seen ever really just in the second week of a season that is week Florida State goes to Oklahoma Florida State is rejuvenated that's a good game great game okay uh you got Michigan Notre Dame overrated you're off your mind Penn State travels to Tuscaloosa to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide
2: they're rumbling stumbling bumbling down the field they go
3: Ohio State goes to Miami, or excuse me, maybe Miami goes to the Horseshoe, but Miami of Florida plays Ohio State. Also that weekend.
2: Now you're talking. I got me a feel. Got me a feeling that Randy Shannon of the Miami Hurricane might pull off an upset. If you had to go outside the top five and pick a surprise national championship contender just on hunch alone, I'm going with the Hurricane of Miami.
3: That's not. It's not a bad pick because the ACC. Is a decent conference. They're not great.
0: Yep.
3: Uh, Miami could definitely go undefeated there, and if they can, if they can knock off Ohio State, they
0: uh,
3: if they're undefeated and their name is the Miami Hurricanes, mm-hmm. then they get to go. They get to play in the BCS title game. It's as simple as that. But mm-hmm. don't forget, all these. This team is loaded with experience. Coach. They've got a bunch of juniors and seniors that have been playing for two years, so they have a bunch of three-year starters yep. on this particular team. So yep.
2: they're trying to trying to get that tradition up where Miami was, where they were a perennial top-five team, and they've been uh, beating around the bush. They've been coming close. I think this year is the year we take the dart and maybe hit center circle, maybe hit the bullseye for Miami. We'll see. That's a great matchup, week two of the season.
3: Yeah, it it absolutely is, Coach, and I'm fired up for that. It's definitely going to be rooting for the Buckeyes. There's there's a bunch of other good games all over the borders, like Auburn-Mississippi State. and uh, uh, BYU taking on Air Force. You, wow. know, games, you know. So there's a lot of good games that second week. All, weekend. of
2: course, just appetizers to the uh, NFL opening game of uh, titanic proportions between the Bears and the Detroit Lions, which I'm sure the entire world, or if not the nation, awaits the outcome of that game.
3: Yeah, no doubt about that,
2: Coach. <laughs> oh, goodness. By the way, I'm trying to get uh, – we're going to talk some baseball here and take a quick break, but I am trying to uh, work on some tickets and go up I've never been there, Big Doug, but I'm trying to get up to the Horseshoe this year. The game against Indiana, October 9th weekend. Uh, my wife's sister lives up in the area, actually in Cincinnati, so about an hour and a half away. We've been talking about it for years. We're hoping to visit the Horseshoe this year and uh, get up and watch Ohio State to play. A, I need to know, do you have any in for tickets? Because it's very difficult, even against Indiana. It's hard to get a Buckeye ticket. And B, any chance you'd like to join me, my wife, and my two kids?
3: Uh, I would definitely like to join you for the game coach separate hotel room by the way oh yeah i would I would definitely hope so yes i
2: want to state that up front before you jump on the offer all right but uh, any ideas on how you get tickets I' you I I even tried calling like Indiana uh-huh you yeah, know you, to per- they sold them all too Indiana yeah they got all the games listed for the Hoosier season plenty of good seats available Ohio State big capital letters sold out so I may have to call, uh, a stub hub. Unless you can. Uh, yeah,
3: 100,000 people and they, and you can't yep. get tickets to their games. So. Yep.
2: 107, something like that. That's why I want to experience. Uh-huh. I've always wanted to go up there. Hopefully this will be the year. Any of our listeners out there, you know of a uh, good technique. You want to donate four Ohio State tickets to a struggling sports talk host. You can call us at 888-463-6748. David, anyone donating tickets, put them second. In line for phone calls, of course, they would have to get behind Joel's homecoming date if, in fact, she's listening to the show. Fair enough. All right, Big Dog. We're taking a quick break. We talk uh, when we come back. We'll talk a little baseball. Okay.
3: That sounds really good. And you got your wish yesterday, Coach. I'll explain it to you.
2: Okay. I can't remember what wish it was, but I wish I could find out, and my wish will be answered in about 42 seconds. Stick around, folks. Talkzone.com. Two guys in a mic. Phone lines are open. Talk some sports with the coach and the dog. 888-463-6748. Back in a minute. Don't you go anywhere.
1: Lines are open for your calls on two guys and a mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski on TalkZone.com.
2: Quickest breaks in all of Sports Talk Radio. Under a minute? And that's probably, by big dog, we're probably the most underpaid host in all of Sports Talk Radio. For every positive, there's a negative opposite to go with it. Remember that, young man.
3: Yes, and uh, I will remember, Coach.
2: (laughs) All right. Before we talk some baseball, you uh, have a donation to the Coaches Make-A-Wish Foundation. What wish should I have? It has
3: everything to do with baseball, Coach, and the Chicago White Sox. Okay. That's what you said. We're going to talk baseball. And I said, you got your wish. Talking baseball yesterday. Yesterday in the Chicago White Sox game, Manny Ramirez not in the lineup. He was uh, muy cansado, Coach. Very tired. Okay. And by the way, what a joke of a, of a press conference that was yesterday. <laughs> that cracked me up and we'll get into that later. But uh, you're, you don't you don't like the hired assassin. You don't like the hired gun because you said you don't like the way baseball has changed. Even though they've been doing this since 1901, this has happened in baseball. But, uh, Manny Ramirez joins the White Sox yesterday and he's on the on deck circle or in the on deck circle, whatever with, uh, two runners on and AJ Prasinsky at the back. And uh one of my roommates called he was like, I hope he walks. So he hits a home run. I love Manny Ramirez. And immediately, A.J. Pruszynski turns on one, hits a three-run home run, and they call Manny Ramirez back into the <laughs> dugout so just because they might need him later. Yeah. And the White Sox end up winning the game on that three-run home run by A.J. Przinski. So on the first day he was here, they didn't need him, and they won. And his chance was a okay. neon deck circle, but he never got
2: there. Coach. I don't know if that's exactly my ultimate wish, but uh, I, I guess I can see it's kind of the backhanded wish come true. And I thought it was pretty funny, too. Who was the next batter? Brent Lillibridge. Who yeah. was being pinched for? Brent Lillibridge comes out, and everybody's, like, all disappointed because they wanted to see Manny. I felt kind of bad for a young Brent Lillibridge.
3: Yeah, I feel real bad for a guy who's – uh Making the league minimum, which is about six hundred thousand dollars a year to play a sport, I feel horrible
2: for him. You feel bad for Manny Ramirez, who's making three point five million for thirty games. Three point so eight. He, how many? Three point eight. Three point eight. So he missed one of the games. I'm not good at math, big dog. But basically, he got what a couple hundred thousand for uh, basically just sitting and cheering on his teammates.
3: Yes. yes. I don't feel so bad for him, Coach. No, I don't I don't feel bad for anybody that gets to put on a uniform uh-huh. and get paid millions of dollars to play, no.
2: No question about it. I don't care it. what happens to him. Yeah. Well, what a home run by A.J. Persinski, also one of my least favorite to uh, Chicago White Sox, but he uh, jacks went out one-to-one ballgame. White Sox, of course, chasing the Minnesota Twins. You want to talk some baseball with the coach and the big dog here? Now the time to do it, 888 463 48, but a 1 to 1 game in the ninth inning. Big Dog and uh, A.J. Prasinski Jacks went out, and they needed all three of those runs, by the way, because once again, the bullpen a little shaky, and uh, they pulled out 4 to 3, but they needed every one of those A.J. Prasinski runs. The huh?
3: bullpen was fine last night. They had, Gian sent uh, Edwin Jackson out there for the ninth inning. The first two runs came off of the starter, Edwin Jackson. Yeah. So.
0: Bobby the Jenks. bullpen was
3: absolutely that. That wasn't the issue yesterday. Bobby Jenks got it done for the, for the White Sox.
2: Well, close, though. He did give up a hit that brought in, what, one or two runs?
3: Yeah, but the, the Jackson allowed the runners on. I, I'm yeah. not going to fault Bobby Jenks for that. Okay. He, he made sure he didn't hit a home run. The ball mm-hmm. was blowing away. The guy hit a drooling ground ball through the hole. I'm not I'm not getting on Bobby Jenks for okay. that. He Fair enough.
2: Fair enough. Again, White Sox fans, you want to check in, celebrate a uh, big win yesterday. AJ Persinsky, if you're listening, AJ, give us a call, 888-463-6748. They do hang on to win four to three. And we got to talk real quick, big dog, about uh, Edwin Jackson. You know, general managers, they do roll the dice when you pick up players. And sometimes it's a bust, sometimes a success right now. The pickup of Edwin Jackson on a scale of one to ten off the charts. He has been not just good, he has been remarkable. I heard someone on another show say, "What they wanted to get out of Jake Peavy, that's exactly what Edwin Jackson has become."
3: Well, yeah, for this short amount of time that he's been with the, the, yeah. the White Sox, right? You know, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it's crazy. This is the sixth team he has been on. I, I don't understand that the guy seems to be like a good guy he's got amazing stuff but you know people give him, you know as soon as he starts pitching poorly people get rid of him i mean this guy has been on so many different teams so far. i i just i just shake my head i don't understand why he keeps getting moved around major league baseball but
2: mm-hmm. well all we know is he pitched to an eight and a third yesterday 11 strikeouts i had heard he got up to 96 97 on he the got
3: gun. Up to, he got up to a 100 yesterday Woo.
2: So, so much for the tired arm philosophy late in the season.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, he doesn't have that, and he—that guy is a bulldog coach. He threw 149 pitches in his no hitter earlier in the year. He, Mm -hmm. he just keeps coming
1: at people.
2: All right, one more game to go against Cleveland. They'll see if they can sweep the series. Minnesota, unfortunately, did not read the uh, AJ Persinsky written script and lose the game and tighten the race. Uh, Minnesota was behind. 3-0, 3-0, but the Twins found a way to win it. They come back and win 4-3 to three Big dogs, so they keep their advantage at, I believe, what is it, three and a half games? Three and a half games. Okay. So and, it, and the
3: key, the, the White Sox need to get that thing definitely below three because they only have three games remaining with the Twins. So mm-hmm. if the White Sox keep handling on their business, they'll they'll have a shot. But they have to win basically more than two games to every one they lose the rest mm-hmm. of the way.
2: It's actually four games. White Sox are four games back, so, you know, we're all celebrating in the home run by Persinski. That's a big win for Minnesota yesterday, psychologically, I think. Down three against the Detroit Tigers to come back and put four on the board and then have your bullpen hold them. Uh, we can celebrate here in Chicago, but that is a big, big win for the Minnesota Twins yesterday, big dog, in the, uh, in the big scheme of the pennant race.
3: The Twins are doing all this without Justin Morneau, who continues to have problems with his concussion. if you had told me they would have played this well without their uh, their second best hitter, but best one producer, I would have said no way they couldn't do it. yep so but here they are,
2: and I think Joe Mauer, if I read correctly, I didn't see it, but Joe Mauer, their other star, got hit by a pitch yesterday. I don't know if they had to replace him, but there's some injury worries with him, and he sat out a little bit this year. He slumped a little bit, so not just more no, but they've been able to win without, uh, at times anyways, without Joe Mauer as well. Very impressive. We talked about Ron Gardenhire being one of the top managers in baseball.
3: Well, according to my guy, Matt Benson, yep. Joe Maurer has hit four fifteen since the All-Star break. Wow. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that is a wow coach.
2: That that goes under the category of good. No question about it. Joey Mauer, we'll see uh, if, if he is okay. Uh, similar to that, the White Sox, Gordon Beckham, who... Not quite 419, I think he's been batting 349 in the last uh, six weeks, not quite since the All-Star break, but he's been red-hot, but he got hit in the hand, big dog, and I don't know if you saw this or not, but the I trainer did. who did the x-rays, or the, the, uh, Minnesota physician, I guess, at the ballpark, when they came out, they told him, Gordon, I hate to tell this to you, you got a broken hand. And it was Why a misdiagnosis, I think it was only like a half an hour later. They told him, oops, no mistake, it's not broken and hopefully he'll be able to play Friday. But can you imagine how Gordon Beckham must have felt for at least a half an hour?
3: Yeah, that would have been I mean, extremely,
0: extremely
3: yeah. disappointing. And uh but then all of a sudden he might so he thinks the season is over with. Yep, He's got all these emotions, and all of a sudden, somebody gives him a second chance. Maybe that will help him psychologically mm-hmm. and actually give him that boost that he needs.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully he can start uh, starting on Friday against the Boston Red Sox. Again, the White Sox got one more game against Cleveland, so it'll be fun. But uh when we talked the baseball races about three weeks ago, you were absolutely correct, and I was incorrect. I said this is going to be one of the great Septembers in recent memory because of all the tight races, and you kind of shot me down and, Threw a little cold water of my enthusiasm, and say, no, not really. And you're proving to be correct, as there are teams. I mean, there's a few races. But some of them, there's just teams pulling away, Big Doug. So, um, you know, a couple of races. But, yeah, this know,
3: is the worst year I can ever remember, Coach. I don't ever remember, especially considering that there's eight races nowadays. I mean, who really cares about the American League East because yep. the loser gets the wild card.
2: Yep, all the thrill that- of Yankees-Tampa Bay, which ordinarily would be one of the great battles. I mean, those two... It's been like a heavyweight fight. Each one, you know, putting, you know, one guy throws a punch and the other guy throws a punch, but you're right. In the end, they're both going to make the playoffs, so who really cares who wins the division?
3: Yeah, if you remember, it was like uh, 10 days ago, I said something like, hey, these teams, they, they do the exact opposite. It seemed like, one day the Rays would be up by one, then they'd be tied, and then the Rays would be down by one. Yeah. You know, and then and then it would go. It kept on flip flopping. Well, for the they went eight days in a row doing exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. So right after I said that, they switched what they were doing, and and they actually started matching each other. So it, it's been a, a really interesting race. The Rangers have won the the American League West. I know it's not over. The best race in baseball probably the White Sox and the Twins
0: right now.
2: Yeah, Atlanta and Philadelphia. Although yeah, uh, yeah, that, Philadelphia's, that's the other one. you know, three and a half back. The Braves, they're kind of like the Minnesota Twins. They're finding ways to win too, and they lost their star player for the rest of the year too, Chipper Jones. Yeah, and somehow Bobby Cox in his final year of managing, I think he's been managing, you know, something like seventy-seven years, but. um, yeah, Braves three and a half game lead over Philadelphia. They won again yesterday, beat the Mets nine to two. San Diego had a comfortable lead, big dog, but they've lost six in a row. Unfortunately, the San Francisco Giants not able to capitalize that much. They're still four and a half back.
3: Yeah, and four and a half, you're still in it. You're still in it, but you you need to get you need to start you know cutting into that while you're in September. You. Can. Four back in September is doable, but not that doable. So they yeah. need to start making some, uh, making a push right now.
2: And yeah, you thought that Giants great starting pitching staff, which it turns out maybe not as great as we thought, but you thought maybe late in the year that, you know, that group would come through and uh, put together some wins and get hot and tighten the race. They're, they're four and six in their last 10 games, just not playing good baseball, but the Padres are showing signs of falling apart. So who knows, but. Overall, you are calling it, uh, Joe Rudlanski, baseball expert, here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. You're calling it one of the least exciting September's in recent memory. Do I have that correct?
0: Well, the, the, we have other things to,
3: to stay excited about because, I mean, there are a couple races, so there, that's going to be determined. And we have triple crown possibilities in both leagues. You know, well, not really in the American League anymore because Jose has had so many home runs out yep. of nowhere that I, I don't think it's, it's a possibility for. Uh, an American league uh, triple crumb, but we have a chance in the national league. And if you look at the, the Cy Young races in both leagues and the MVP races in both leagues and the rookie of the year races, I mean, so I know it's a team sport and all that stuff, but if there's any sport where individual awards matter, it's baseball, let's face it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, So there's a lot of individual awards up for grabs in Major League Baseball this year.
2: Yeah, and particularly the Triple Crown one, which uh, I still think is not getting nearly enough play, especially because there's not that many great pennant races. And, again, Triple Crown is – I think some of the luster of it maybe is worn off. I don't know if the kids today in particular, Big Dog. When when we were young, you know, the Triple Crown was like – it was like one of the great – Sports feats, not just baseball, one of the great sports feats an athlete could accomplish.
3: Yes, it hasn't happened in the National League since 1937. It's just, I mean, it's a huge feat. It's gigantic.
2: And and you got two guys, you know, we always say, well, he's got a chance of doing it, a chance of doing it. Two guys, probably at this stage of the game, that are closer to doing it than I can remember. I can't remember a guy that has been this close with a month left. And you got two of them Joey Votto. Albert Pujols, they're both 2-3 in batting. Pujols leads in home run. Bata was only a three behind. And they're 1-2 in RBI, so legitimate chance for either one of those three to uh, win it outright.
3: Yeah, Omar Infante is the guy leading the National League in hitting right now. And by the way, Starling Castro, of the Cubs, is like in fifth place. Mm-hmm. Starling Castro's had a phenomenal year as a rookie. Uh, the only guy that had a chance in September, and it was right around... It was on September 10th, or so, I saw. I remember because we had played a couple football games. Gary Sheffield in 1992, ah. the only guy in my whole entire life that actually had a chance in September at it, mm-hmm. and he finished. He didn't win any of the categories, and he was like in first place in, in uh, in homers, first place in RBIs, was like second in batting, and he finished like third in batting and fourth in RBIs and third in home runs. You know, because the pressure got to him. It immediately did, it, like right when they started saying Triple Crown to him, mm-hmm. you know, it's like he he ate it that year. He was playing for the Padres, so it, it's difficult to lose for the Padres back in '92. But, yeah, last he
0: guy had to phenomenal year. The
2: last guy to do it, by the way, a uh, Boston Red Sox, Carl Yastrzemski, back in 1967. As you said, uh-huh. you go back in the National League. uh Three more decades than that, so a rare feat. It's got a chance of happening this year. We'll keep an eye out on that for sure. 888-463-6748. The phone number, uh, David Olson, producer extraordinaire, our political pundit as well. Very quickly, did you catch the uh, Barack Obama speech? And if you did, your thoughts in uh, six words or less. (laughs) Didn't see it. That's only three words.
1: Didn't see it. I'm sorry, Coach.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much. Big Dog, did you happen to watch our fine president, or were you watching reruns of uh, Animal House?
3: No, I was uh, looking for a job and trying to find health insurance.
2: The president of the United States is making a speech to the nation about the Iraq War and how we look further into this country, not only in how we battle terrorism, but kind of a uh, mid-season State of the Union, if we will and you were selfish enough to be out there looking for your own personal job while the president is talking to you and the nation.
3: Yes, ghost, believe it or not.
2: I am shocked and somewhat and
3: appalled. I may, I may have found a job. The only problem is I don't have enough money to get to it. That's my only problem.
2: <laughs> you're, you're skirting by the issue that you did not do your job as a uh, American citizen and pay attention to our president and the direction this fine country is going. See that's what that's what the problem is people are too selfish out there looking for a job. while you should be uh, for the betterment of America. The problem yes? is
1: people aren't selfish enough is the problem in the United States of America. <laughs> I I read the Cliff Notes in the paper last night. I, yeah. I I read about it online last night. Yeah. So,
2: no, all kidding aside, very good speech, very good. And as Barack Obama uh, tries to do, anyways, reaching out to all sides. Gave a nice little uh, kudos to George Bush, and he fully admitted. On national TV, as everybody knows, me and ex-president George W. Bush, I like the way he emphasized the W, disagreed on the Iraq war. That was the only thing he said about that. And then from there, he complimented uh, George Bush. And I think he even made the comment that uh, there are patriots, there are American patriots who were for the war, and there were American patriots who did not believe we should be in the war. I thought that was well stated.
1: And now he's getting uh, trashed by the conservative media for not praising George Bush enough.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For the great success. Well, we haven't had great success there.
1: Well, see, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the war was started on false pretenses anyway. Yeah. And the surge worked, but it was just there to clean up a mess of a war that was like Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not I'm not getting on the soapbox. Yeah. Not doing it today. Yeah.
2: Well, I like to get up in a soapbox. It's a little hard to get up in a soapbox with only seven minutes left in the program. But at any rate, um, our guy Barack speaking to the nation, big dog. While you were looking for a job, and you actually found a job, but you have no way of getting there.
0: Yeah, that
3: that is an issue for me right now. Yeah, your guy, your guy Barack. I didn't get to see him, coach. <laughs> I'm very
0: disappointed.
2: <laughs> I'm sure you can catch the highlights in any one of about 16 news stations that are available this morning. What job are you uh, almost about to reach?
3: Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I I, I actually got hired. It's uh, working for a Verizon. I just can't get to it. That's my issue. Interesting. So we'll see, Coach. I'd I'd, I'd rather not talk about it right now. Okay.
2: All right. Would you rather talk about this kind of a – this is sports guys talk politics as well, but uh, as we make this very uneasy transition, but uh, FIBA basketball.
3: Oh, heck, yeah.
2: The United States in about nine minutes, and we appreciate you tuning into our show as soon as our show is over. Turn on ESPN. You've got the United States taking on Iran. In basketball, how about that? Mel Allen would say,
3: Um, "Yeah, U.S. favored by sixty-five points." (laughs) Get the point,
2: Ronnie Sant. Hey, Ronnie Santo, tell us a little bit about the Iran basketball team.
3: Uh, They're long. They're not very athletic. They play with a lot of attitude. They're willing to sacrifice their body. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but uh, they're not very talented.
2: (laughs) They're long. The Iran team,
0: yeah.
2: Oh man, that comment just uh, put some coffee on my nice new yellow shirt. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh, that was probably fun for the people watching on the webcast. But so you you put the spread at fifty-five points for all those that oh, no, have no, no, their
3: sixty-five. How much? Sixty-five.
2: Sixty-five.
3: Yeah.
2: Any chance Mahmoud Ahmadinejad will be in attendance at this game?
3: No, I don't think he's welcome in Turkey, Coach. Which is without question. The most Western-friendly country in the in the in the Middle East. Real? So, yeah.
2: Not welcome there. I thought he did like a tour of all the states, trying to improve relations with some of those countries.
3: Uh, he tried. Okay. Okay. Didn't work. Yeah.
2: All right. So Mahmoud will be watching on uh, ESPN probably.
3: Yeah, ESPN right. Iraq or yep. uh, the, so or <laughs> what? what We actually had uh, an Iraqi, I know this is Iran, but an Iraqi uh, sports talk host on our old show.
2: Yes, oh, absolutely. We're trying to get a hold of him, I think. He actually came on one time here in the two guys at a mic show. El Zaire Zayed. Oh,
3: that's right.
2: From WIRQ Radio in Iraq, absolutely. Of course, this is Iran. Uh, I'd like to see Iran play Iraq in basketball. That'd be a pretty good matchup.
3: Uh, that would be some, that'd be some intensity in 10 cities, Coach. Yeah. Iraq, a... I know
2: their their team not as long as the Iran team, though.
3: You know, it, an intentional foul would involve a <laughs> saber sword. That would be an issue. <laughs> okay.
2: Oh, goodness. Maybe maybe uh, Ahmadinejad is watching via telecast. Maybe he'll send like a little fact. You know, Harry Carey, the Cubs games, used to read, you know, who's listening to the program. Hey, I want to put a shout out to Iran leader Mah- Mahmoud. Ahmadinejad watching the Iran USA game today. (laughs) And no, we're not going to try to spell Ahmadinejad backwards.
3: No, no, please, please don't do that. All right.
2: But the United States, um, yesterday, two days ago rather, beat Brazil barely. So they did get one challenge. I know they won their first couple of games pretty easy, but 70-68. to 68, So it's not going to be a cakewalk. This is actually a pretty competitive, pretty interesting tournament. All kidding aside, Big dog But they are going to go undefeated in their group. They're going to get the number one overall seed, okay. and they should be okay, Coach. Should be. But what I'm saying is it's not a cakewalk. They barely beat Spain in an exhibition game. Brazil is capable. France, I think, has been one of the surprise teams. Lithuania? Upset Spain yesterday. So, what I'm saying is, it's not an automatic unless, I mean, feel free to disagree. I don't think it's an automatic for the USA to win this.
3: No, it it never will be an automatic again for the simple fact that the rest of the world is starting to catch up in basketball. There's nothing wrong with that either. Absolutely. They they shouldn't have to just blow everybody out. Right. But they are, without question, the consummate favorites. And and if you don't believe me, Mm -hmm. ask every other country out there because they, they treat it like it's their, their game of the century when they play the United States of America. Yep, and, and by what, the way, the two best players, number one, Kevin Durant, and number two, Derrick Rose, yes. period, on that team. Yep, They are the two best players.
2: And yeah, Derrick team. Rose, who uh, when the tryouts started, some people thought, you know, is he going to make the team or not? Not only did and Mike Krzyzewski and uh, Jim Beheim and the rest of the staff... Might have been amongst them, but not only did he make the team, he's worked his way up. And now, uh, you are right. He is option number two. He's a full time starter. Probably him and Chauncey Billups are the two top backcourt guys for the uh, U.S. team.
3: I would have to agree with you on that, coach. Uh, Chauncey Billups gives that team uh, a leadership and an outside shot that's just awesome.
2: I love Chauncey. The best compliment I can give him is you're just comfortable late in the game when he's got the ball. He exudes. Not so much physically, but just by his body language and style of play, he exudes confidence. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. and you know he's going to do the right thing yeah. with the basketball. That's, that's a good point. Yeah.
2: You that's also are a man who exudes confidence, and Big Dog, I'm just sorry that uh, our listeners, our viewers, via the webcast, cannot see your body language because, quite frankly, you're better in person than you are over the air. But I know you have trouble getting in studio. But one of these days, we can get you. We got to get you in studio. So our listeners could read your body language.
3: Well, depending on where the, the direction of the show, that might start happening Cool. Uh, in, in right. October or November. Coach. All right,
2: because I, I think I could speak for most of our listeners. Uh, they're tired of my body language.
3: I, I, I can tell.
2: Beautiful. All right. If I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me?
3: At full speed, Coach.
2: God bless you. Have a great day, everybody. Dog and the coach back at you tomorrow. We'll see you at 10 o'clock. Spread the word.